So yeah, um, in the O three Bonnie and Clyde when B was like, um, what, I forgot the line. What did she say when she was like, uh, "Would you run to me if somebody hurt you, even if that somebody was me?" Yeah, that comes straight. <laughs> that comes straight from. If I was your girlfriend by Prince. And the reason it's such a genius song because he was saying, if I was your girlfriend, X, Y, Z, because you know how girls are with your friends. So he was like, I want to be close to you as your man like that. You know what I mean? If if I was your girlfriend. I, I, I'm about to play the song. Yeah, <laughs> and you need it. to hear this. This is a really good, great song. You know what I mean? It's just a way. This is. I'm pretty sure when people first... When it first came out, people was like, what, what, what is Prince? What is he talking about? Listen to this. Yeah. What up, all that podcast audience? We starting this Sunday morning with a little Prince lesson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Would you let me remember? Tell me all the things you forgot when I was your man. Hey, hey. when I was your man. Y'all know this song? <laughs> if I was your best friend, would you let take care of you and do all of the things that only a best friend can? Oh. Only best friends can. All right, we gotta stop. We gotta stop. We gotta. Oh, we gotta, gotta stop. We got. It's, so it's deep, bro. It's deep. It's deep. It's deep. It's deep. It's deep. Wow. You gotta. You gotta be a player to be the five three and pull all the baddest women. You gotta be. What's up? <laughs> this episode thirty eight of the All that podcast. I have. Let's see. Champion. Olympian. Brown skin girl. Hey. Like <laughs> yeah. Like Miss Sarah Ogoke. That's it. That's me. What's there up, it is. How everybody doing today? What's up? My girl didn't get no sleep last night. Mm-mm. I got three. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I got three hours of sleep last night. I was out being a whore. Um. Anyway. <laughs> no, but you made me feel like, okay, when you said that, I was like, you know what? Let's get it. Let's get it done. You, yeah. You hyped me up when you said that. Of course. You know why? You know why? Out here, like. You know why, though? This <laughs> And it, it's, it's fitting that you're wearing the purple and gold because we were both Kobe fans. Ooh. Um, And one time he had an interview and he was like, you know, he was talking about leadership. And he said, you know, his, his teammates, they wanted to go out. So he was like, all right, we go out. So they got in. Like early in the morning, but they had practice in like two hours from when they got home or back to their hotel room. And then when they got back, you know, at practice time, Kobe was knocking on any door. <laughs> and all of them, you know, was throwing up, you know, hung over, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he was saying, like, hey, you can party, but when it's time to go to work, show up on time. So when he said that, I always thought, like, no matter how hard, you know, I'll party, I'm still showing up to my job. To get it done. That's facts. That's, I feel that big time. That's the Mamba mentality. That's facts. That's so, um, you're you're a big deal. 
got the blue check mark on on Instagram. Yeah, verify, certify. You know what I mean? At pro life with two eyes. With two eyes. Professional lifestyle. Is that like a double entendre? Is that like a, a political statement and like? No, you're it, professional. It's actually not a political statement oh. at all. Oh, okay, I was saying like you was like pro life yeah, and like pro life because I'm a hooper. You know what I mean? I was just trying to. Okay, so no. It's mainly um, when I was in high school mm-hmm. and college. Everybody, all the athletes, always dreamed about becoming a pro. Right, that's every athlete's dream. So whenever like the older like former teammates that went overseas or played professionally in the NBA, whenever they came back to school, it was always like, dang, like he's a pro. Like, yeah. his, they always had like a signature Louis Vuitton bag mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so that was always uh, something. He official, that, official. Exactly. <laughs> that was always something that we were looking, like we would look up to. So that whole pro lifestyle, being a professional athlete, whether it's uh, athletics, whether it's business, um, entertainment, whatever you do, that's your craft, you know, just being a professional at it and embracing that, that right. lifestyle. Pro life. With two eyes. With two eyes. That's right. So I always like to, you know, go back and trace people's uh, journey, so to speak, or how did you get to, um, you know, being interested or loving your craft. So when did the love for basketball first happen for you? Wow, so um, I never even took basketball seriously. Because you're not you're Nigerian? When I was Are a kid, exactly. Exactly, so you know exactly. all about education in your household. It's, it's <laughs> facts. That's super fast. Yes, my so, best friends are Nigerian, so I know. Word. Yeah. <laughs> so the only reason I started playing was because my neighbor at the time, um, mm-hmm. Daniel Marshall, he was like my best friend, he used to come knock. This is like fifth grade. Yeah. He used to come knock on my door every day <laughs> and say, come outside and play basketball. <laughs> So I grew up playing against boys. Okay. And so when the seventh grade, eighth grade teams came around, mm-hmm. everybody was like, Sarah, like, are you going to play? My friends would ask me, and I was like, okay, yeah, sure. You know, whatever, yeah, whatever. I'll yeah. just do yep. it. It's just something to do. But I had been playing against boys my whole life, so right. I was always, like, way better than everybody else. That's how I started, like, just – that's how I really started. And from there, I was just – I just kept working hard at it. Yeah. And um, do you remember at what point, though, that it became more than just I'm going to just do it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I would say um, 10th grade when I when I started playing varsity. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized. Dulles. Like, okay. At Dulles High Dulles, School. Shout out to Dulles. Shout out to <laughs> HS. Yeah. Um, go Vikings. <laughs> that's when I realized, like, OK, I might be actually pretty good at this. Um, mm-hmm. Playing varsity. I'm, I'm getting college um, offers. Um, there, there might be something to this. Right. Yeah. So. Where did you go to college? I went to the University of Pittsburgh first, and then I finished at Southern Polytechnic State University in Atlanta, Georgia. That's now part of Kennesaw State. Gotcha. How was your college career? How was that? Oh, it was dope. It was super dope. Mm-hmm. My, my freshman year, we went to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. Crazy whoa, fun whoa. experience. Yeah, it was cool. Oh, wow. You have a bigger like, deal than I thought you were. For real. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah, it was it was dope. Like chartered, I'm talking chartered flights, all that, all over the country, everywhere you can think of. Spokane, Washington, first and second round. Um, after that, Oklahoma for the Sweet Sixteen. Um, you know the per diem, the gear, the wow. the private chefs that they bring. Like you have tutors that travel with you. You're taking tests on the road. Um, it was it was a pretty dope experience for sure. Wow. Definitely. And then when I transferred to uh, 
Southern Poly. I was mm-hmm. a two-time All-American there. What made you transfer? Uh, what made me transfer? Uh, let's see. That's a good question. Um, I didn't really like it. At that it's school. Pittsburgh. I, I didn't really no like offense it. to anybody who's listening in Pittsburgh, yeah. but I'm just saying, you know. It was too cold, mm. and they really they wouldn't let me get the degree that I wanted. Uh, which after was? My, at, towards the end of my sophomore year, my counselor told me that I'm not going to be able to get a degree in biology here. Like, the classes are just going to conflict. It's not going to happen. Wow. There is, like, only – I was, like, the only person taking – science classes out of everybody in the whole athletic department i think the only other at like person taking science classes was like a golfer like out of football baseball everybody so everybody was just trying to get you know out of there pretty yeah. much with a degree right. <laughs> yeah so when he told me that i was like whoa because that's gonna be tough because i know like probably later on down the road i'm definitely gonna go to med school yeah so i had to all right, see you guys. Got gotcha. you. So we're going to talk uh, a lot about, you know, money and unequal pay. So what is your stance on college athletes not getting paid? Because you, from what you described, you had a job. The flights, you know, somebody had to come with you on the flight. You know, I'm pretty sure you had to do, like, media. You had to do – this is a, a literal job. So what do you think about – athletes not getting paid when you see places like LSU who just built like a 50 million dollar locker room which really was built on the backs you know of the of players the then you have yeah. alumni you know donating of course but I'm you know for the most part yeah mm-hmm. so um I think actually as of late the NCAA actually um lost a lawsuit somebody filed a lawsuit against the NCAA for them to pay like the difference between cost of tuition and cost of attendance and basically for athletes Mm -hmm. um, from 2009 up until 2016. And that was basically because people started fighting for athletes to get some type of monetary compensation for what they give to the university. Right. You know, they sell so many tickets, football, stadiums. I remember the Pittsburgh's Stadium, like the Pittsburgh Steelers Stadium, would be always sold out whenever Pitt played. We would sell out the Peterson Event Center, and like outside of your scholarship and maybe your meal plan, you don't get anything. Nothing. So you don't get a dime. That's wild. You don't get a dime. That's literally athletes. <laughs> that's like stars in college, and it's like starving. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. And stuff like that. But some schools are better than others. Like you mm. might have a good meal plan, but some schools you 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 don't, and you don't have time to work either. It's literally impossible to work because you're waking up. It's a full time job. Six o'clock to practice. Yeah. And you have five classes later in the day, and it's just it's impossible. Got a meeting, no a team meeting. You gotta do. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on. And a lot of people have families that they need to support too. Yeah. That ha- people have different levels of responsibility going into college. Right. So they should definitely do something about that to make it more fair. Mm-hmm. You know, because there are these people that are profiting so heavily off of the sweat of these athletes back and they're not really seeing anything out of that. Right. So you were a two time All American. 
you know, you went to the Sweet 16, you had all this in college. So once your college career was coming to an end, was the WNBA like on, you know, was that like the main goal at that point? It's like, I have to get to the WNBA. I'm gonna keep it so real with you. Like honestly, Let's like do it. honestly, no. Like I wasn't the uh, the WNBA just really didn't interest me. I was more interested in like playing overseas and getting that uh, exposure of traveling the world mm-hmm. and meeting people in different countries and things like that. Because personal personally, I don't feel like the WNBA is very encouraging towards up and coming athletes, especially w- collegiate players. Okay, and expand I mean on that, that. Yeah, I mean that mm. I mean by that like to be somebody who puts so much into your craft and to be like a freaking whiz at basketball, you should know going into the WNBA that even if you're the 15th player on a roster mm-hmm. or even if you're a practice player that you're guaranteed like Five hundred thousand dollars, right. which is the minimum right now for yeah. the NBA. That's probably the minimum. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> like, that's like the minimum, I think. Yeah. But that's not the case. Like I would say, only the superstars are making six figures, and that's like ten. That's like twelve players. Let's say twenty players out of one hundred and fifty players in the league that are making six figures over the course of a five-month season. Yeah. So that's not really encouraging at all. You know, NBA <laughs> players literally make 50% of the NBA's basketball r- related revenue. Mm. 50%. Mm. 150 go to the owner, you know, like you mentioned. The other 50%, LeBron, the, the players. WNBA is more like 25%. See? That's the transparency that's necessary and that's needed (laughs) right now for for a change to actually happen. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, so, you know that Shaq, over the course of his career, made like $300 million, right? Don't quote me on this, but I think like Michael Jordan made like 50 or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Michael Jordan did not make a lot of money from basketball. Exactly. From basketball. until his last two years, he made like 30 million each year. But before that, he wasn't making like a lot of money. Exactly. So yeah. with that being said, if you've noticed as of late, like the NBA is just like giving out. Steph Curry could literally like Steph Curry <laughs> could literally pay all the WNBA players salary and still have money left over. A lot of Do money you hear left that? over. You know how much power that is? Yes. I'm gonna say that one more time. Steph Curry could literally pay every player in the WNBA salary and still have millions of dollars left in his pocket. You know how much that's so much power. Yes. That's so empowering to have that type of money. Yes. But with that being said, players are being in the NBA are being paid so much better than they were in the past and that's simply Facts. because do you remember the t- 2011 NBA lockout? Yes. I remember that specifically. The players um the association, you know, they did that. They got that done. They, the players, got that done. Facts. I mm-hmm. remember that like it was yesterday because mm-hmm. I was playing. I was actually playing for the national team. We were in Orlando. We had mm-hmm. a scrimmage game, and Dwight Howard's goofy ass was <laughs> coaching against one of the teams. Us that Lakers we're fans, we don't we don't mess with Dwight. I'm sorry. <laughs> goofy yeah. So, but that's a tangent. But um, <laughs> yeah, the players. 
banded together. Mm-hmm. LeBron, after getting that $1 billion lifetime deal with Nike, yes, basically was like, you know, I'm the face of this league. Y'all need me. I don't y'all need, need y'all. To pay y'all need y- me more than I need exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm yeah. going to be paid regardless. Period. So he banded up with everybody, Chris Paul, Melo, and they said, shit, we'll, we're not playing until y'all pay us. Yeah, and what we're they going to do? Period. If not pay you? Exactly. <laughs> That's going to hurt their pockets. Exactly. <laughs> badly. Exactly. And since then, everybody's been getting their money. Yeah. And I think a lot of misconception that people have is like, well, the WNBA doesn't bring in as much revenue as the NBA or – they don't have as much viewers or exactly. fans, but that's womp not womp. the that's, a lot. that's not the argument though. The art we're not WNBA players are not even saying. But I'm gonna take this beyond WNBA because the American female soccer team has been so dominant and they make way less money than the U.S. men team, who has been mediocre. The women's team has been dominating, and they don't make nearly as much as the men. That, that's crazy, first off. But all that, um, you know, the WNBA is saying is like, look, we're not saying we need to get that much money. We don't need to get LeBron James money, Steph Curry money. We just need to get half of their revenue, just like they're getting half of their revenue, period, yeah. instead of 20%. I'm sorry, instead of 20%. And that makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. I didn't even know those statistics. But yeah, that's I did my research. Good. <laughs> that type of transparency and, and that type of understanding of the system is, is what is what is absolutely necessary. And if I think uh, NECA, NECA Ogumake is the equivalent of what Chris Paul does, is the mm-hmm. NBA Players Association, yeah. WNBA President Association, sorry, Players, yeah, players Association, association. President, yeah. excuse mm-hmm. me. And um, I don't know, like, I, I don't know. Maybe I need to hit her up and tell her like they need to do something about that mm-hmm. because my me personally, I I wouldn't have my kids. I wouldn't raise my kids to go play in the WNBA. I would raise my kids to go play in the. I NBA. was actually going to ask you that question. No. Yeah. No, I'm not. No, and no, like capital N O. Like I'll another thing I researched and saw, which you might know about, is that women get paid a lot more to play overseas <laughs> than they do in the profe- American. Professional sport, WNBA. This is supposed to be the greatest collection of athletes, female basketball athletes, right there in the WNBA, and they're not getting paid more than people, women overseas that's playing basketball. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really disappointing. Like we should be, we should be more excited about keeping our players here in America, keeping the best of the best in America. And yeah, because people are just so ready to just leave because of the pay gap disparity is is bad. It's crazy. Now, I do see the NBA making a concerted effort to make the WNBA more visible. You see LeBron sitting courtside. You see Kobe. Last night, Kobe was sitting courtside with his daughter. And, you know, some of that I feel like when I see LeBron, okay, I feel like LeBron a basketball head, so maybe he's really interested. But I kind of, when LeBron, I kind of see like, okay, you know, WNBA, I mean, the NBA, Adam Silver is like, hey, man, Go sit courtside, you feel me? Get some exposure to W. You know what you're trying to do. Cool. But with Kobe, I think he genuinely likes the WNBA. One, because he has a daughter that he's trying to get there. Um, two, he's a nerd at basketball, you know. <laughs> so 
I feel like he might actually enjoy it. But like I said, the NBA is trying. I, think I guess it's a half-ass effort. Yeah, I think it's a, a couple of Insta stories and the courtside seats, and you know, we're not gonna talk about pay, but you know, we'll LeBron will be there. So what, <laughs> what I found so funny mm-hmm. was um, I don't know if you know Cappy Pondexter. She mm-hmm. is a WNBA superstar that recently just retired. Um, I'm talking like great player, yeah. point guard, one two position, great player, and she was at a game sitting courtside. And I think they put the camera on, like, LeBron, put the camera mm. on CP, CP3, <laughs> and, like, skipped right over her yeah. <laughs> and went on to somebody else. And she the legend. And she was at a WNBA game. Right. She was, like, livid about that. She put it all over social media and stuff like that. I was just like, oh, God. That's crazy. Gotta it's got to be better. Got a lot to work on, bro. And even. Gotta, they need to just, like, boycott for a little bit. Or something. Just make a, make a, put, a st- put their foot down. That's yeah. It. Just got to put your foot down. Something. So, how do we get to the Nigerian team? Oh, so, um, when I was at the University of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. uh, my sophomore year, um, a freshman on the men's team came in. His name was Talib Zana. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I know him. He's Nigerian. Cool. So, we already had that vibe yeah. off of the fact that he was Nigerian. And so one day he pulled me to the side after workouts one day, and he said, hey, Sarah, um, Nigeria has a national team. They do compete in the Olympics. They do compete in the World Cup. Um, I'm going to give them your information, and they're going to call you. Hmm. I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was as simple as that. And then, like, a year later, they call me. Um, Mfan Udoka, who's like one of the, she used to play for the Comets, and she's a Nigerian basketball legend. Yep. She called me over the summer of 2011, and she was like, random number, mm-hmm. mind you, um, totally random. And she mm-hmm. called me, she's like, are you in shape? I was like, uh, yeah, who's this? She's like, my name is so on and so forth. We want to invite you to training camp in Orlando, Florida. We're preparing to qualify for the 2012 London Olympics, and we're putting our team together. So they flew me out there. We stayed in some really nice condos across the street from Universal Studios. Man. And w- that, that's that's when it just started. Like. So 2012 Olympics, that's when – that was Kobe's last Olympics. That was LeBron and all. Did you meet them or – No, we didn't qualify. We actually oh, did not okay. qualify. We didn't go to that. Gotcha. But that's when it started. At that time, Nigeria was still building its program. Yeah. We weren't de- – we're definitely not as good then as we are now. Mm-hmm. But I think from that 2011 team, I'm the only person that's still there. On the wow. Team. So you're the OG. I'm one of the vets. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're OG on the guy. team. Yeah, for sure. How is that – how is um, Nigerian, quote-unquote, basketball dif- differ from American Great question. Mm-hmm. Great question. Well, fir- like first and foremost, like uh, toughness. T o u g h. We're just we're just a tough group of girls. Very very tough. Tough as nails. Um, now we're not scared of anybody. We're not scared of any team. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what name is on your chest. We're gonna come out there. And we're gonna compete. And we're gonna play hard. We play. We we defend. Americans don't really defend that much, yeah. But we pride ourselves on defense, um, and things like that. So, 
I would definitely say that's 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 good. So I feel like with the men Olympics, it's like maybe the next Olympics it'll be more even playing field. But I feel like for the most part, you know, everybody knows that the men's team is going to win. On the women's side, I don't think it's like that. Am I right? Oh, you're very right. It's like really even. You're mm-hmm. you're very right. Um, yeah. Although Team USA has won six straight gold medals. Okay. <laughs> in the okay. Okay. So although, maybe look, maybe. Although, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, um, they're not they're not undefeatable, mm-hmm. if that's a word. Um, yeah. They. Because we, we played them in the World Cup. Okay. And that was definitely my dream. One of my dreams was to play against Team USA. Mm-hmm. I was I never dreamt to play for the WNBA. And I actually lived that dream last year in the World Cup. I was really excited to see a lot of those girls because I had seen them before already. They're yeah. not mythical creatures. I played mm-hmm. against them in high school. Right. I played against them like Brittany Griner, high school. Mm-hmm. Neko Gumake, high school. Um... Who else? Uh, a lot of them girls, uh, Jewel Lloyd, um, college, played against them in college, University of Pittsburgh. Yeah. So they weren't people that I've never seen before. So it's not like anything to be afraid like of. intimidated or anything. Or intimi- yeah, yeah, intimidated against. So when we played against them, we did really, really well. I think we were maybe uh, we were up at the fir- uh, up after the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, at halftime, I think we were down by like five points, and then third quarter, I felt like politics kicked in. Mm. I felt like politics kicked in. Hot take. Yeah, <laughs> because I don't know if the coach that we had was really ready to beat Team USA, and that I'm and by that. I say like there's so much, so many politics involved in basketball that you would you wouldn't really be- like believe. Like hmm. we had an American coach who's still our coach today, and um, if we would have won that game, I don't know if he would have gotten another job again mm. in the United States of America. They they might have blackballed him. Uh-oh. Just just uh, genuinely consider. Like the caption, Team Nigeria beats Team USA in the World Cup in the quarterfinals, yep. knocks out Team USA. That shit would <laughs> kill all his that, future. Like, <laughs> imagine that on running on ESPN right, right. now. The wor- like the country of the United States would be like Nigeria. It would not be. <laughs> it would not be good for America. It, right. It, it would probably ruin him. So I don't know if we really wanted to win that game, but hopefully next year. I feel like we can definitely get it done because the matchups are pretty much even outside of – we just got to find somebody to cover Elena Del Don and, like, um, Brianna Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, we match up pretty well with their guards. Yeah. Diana Taurasi had a, a big fat donut at the at half halftime. She had zero points. Dang. Like, their guards Man, were – She a legend. Yeah, uh-huh. she wasn't hard to guard. I'm not trying to hate on her or anything yeah. like that. She's definitely a legend, but she wasn't hard to guard. Our 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 guards matched up. If if not, we're better than their guards. I can definitely confidently say that. Can't talk your shit, then talk it. Hey, I'm gonna right. keep it real. You know what I mean? <laughs> but their 
post players were kind of a, like a, an issue. Neko Dunke, yeah. Brittany Grinder, Elena. When you like start getting those K- KD type players that are like yeah. six four, that can just shoot over shoot, you. Yeah, that's when we, like those are the matchups that we had difficulty with. But right. we'll see what we can do. We should be able to bring in players to match up with them girls for next year. Are you treated like royalty in Nigeria? Oh yeah, definitely. For yeah. sure. As soon as you get into the airport, you get a like an uh, armed escort wherever we go to the hotel. Um, get wow. picked up by like a private van. We stay in the best hotel in Lagos. It's called Echo Hotel. That's where like a lot of celebrities and stuff. That's probably like the equivalent of the Ritz or something like that over here. Yeah. Um, we get treated very, very well. Like media, they love us. And basketball, we're making basketball more popular in the country right. as well. So people are starting to really recognize us a lot for what we do. That's what's up. So how does your was your parents like really like beaming with pride when their daughter was representing the con- their country, you know, on a grand stage like that? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, you know how it is. Nigerian parents, they're like, ah, yeah. what is this basketball? Why are you playing basketball? <laughs> stop this nonsense. I'll yeah. make you stop. Oh. And then once they started seeing that I was good, yeah. And I just have continued to get better over the like last several years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're definitely proud. Definitely proud. They like to brag, you know, stuff like that. They always mm. call me and tell me, "Oh, my coworker said that they saw you on TV." Da, 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 da. <laughs> so it's it's good to be able to to give them something to have joy and, and be proud about. Right, yeah. for sure. So how was it um, when you got to hold that championship trophy? You know, because it was the, like an African based league, or what was it? That that y'all won in 2017. Okay, so um, FIBA is the world governing body of basketball. It's like Federation International Basketball Atletico or something like that in French. So that's FIBA. Mm -hmm. And they govern international basketball. Right. And the way it works is um, if you want to go to the Olympics, the – top three players from the Americas, which is North America, South America, mm-hmm. the top three, sorry, teams, the mm-hmm. top three teams from Europe, the top one team from Africa, and the top uh, th- two or three teams from Asia mm-hmm. come together to make, like, the 10 or 12-team tournament that is the Basketball Olympic Tournament. Got it. And so we play in – the FIBA Africa competition that's called the cu- the African Cup of Nations. Mm-hmm. So we, Nigeria, play against Angola. I would say the top five teams in Africa are us, Angola, Mozambique, Mali, and Senegal. Mm-hmm. And um, whoever wins that gets a ticket to go to the Olympics, whoever wins that tournament. Wow. Yeah. That's what's up. And y'all won that. We wanted, yeah, to go to to uh, the World Cup last year, and this year coming up, I'm mm-hmm. getting ready to leave now. In a couple of hours, she's <laughs> getting ready to head on to Lagos. Right. Lagos. <laughs> so what we have coming up now, next month, starting August 9th and ending August 18th, mm-hmm. is another round of the FIBA Africa Cup of Nations, and it's a huge tournament in. Senegal, Dakar, Senegal is going to be the host country. Hmm. And it's a huge tournament with the countries that I listed, plus a couple more who have also qualified, like Tunisia, South Africa, maybe like Morocco, a couple other teams. Yeah. 16-team tournament. 
and whoever wins that and takes the trophy automatically qualifies for the Olympics. And uh, the the second through fifth place go for another qualifying tournament to try to try again to qualify for the, for the Olympics. But whoever wins outright just automatically qualifies for the Olympics, and that's when you'll get to see us play against USA, Canada, France, got you. Turkey, et cetera, et cetera. So let's get it then. That's right. We're trying to get it. <laughs> we're trying to make it happen. And we're the defending champions. We are the favorites mm-hmm. to do it again. Um, last Cup of Nations, we went undefeated in the competition. We went 8-0, and which has m- maybe – Never happened in the history of that tournament. We went eight and zero, and so we yeah we're 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 prepared to come back and try to defend our championship. You know, because everybody wants to go to the Olympics. That's for sure. For we sure. So I have one last question. You have a daughter. You don't have a daughter. I'm saying uh, hypothetically speaking. Okay. You have a daughter. She comes to you. Wants to play basketball. What are you telling her? Uh, not only th- not not that she wants to play basketball as like a high, you know, just I'm gonna play basketball. She wants to pursue a career in basketball. What are you telling her? Man, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I'm not gonna tell her no. If mm. she makes up her mind, I'm not gonna influence her to play basketball. But if she comes to me and s- says that in her opinion that she would love to play in the WNBA. I would definitely wholeheartedly support her because that experience is priceless. It's right. not all about money. Yeah. That experience is priceless, and it, it'll definitely shape her for the better. And depending on whatever she may want to do after her WNBA career is over with, whether it's coach or um, be an agent or go into basketball administration or go pursue something completely different afterwards, like law or 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 healthcare, yeah. it'll still... Or med school, like you. Or medical school, like me. <laughs> it'll yeah. still be a phenomenal experience. Right. You know, it's not always about money. Yeah, I would no. definitely support it. Experiences are definitely where it's at, people. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's something you can pride yourself in. For sure. Um, Thank you yeah. for coming on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. This feels dope. Thanks, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> I've never had a champion sit beside me, you know, so. you know, Olympian, you know what I mean, like yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you know, got to bring it back to the H. You heard me. Gotta, <laughs> you got to bring it back to Houston. We out here. For sure. Tell the people um, where they can uh, find you on social media. And also, where can we watch? Because I'm interested in watching now. I want to watch you play, if possible. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know we live in a streaming world, so I'm pretty sure we can stream something. That's right. Yeah. So all the games will be streamed on YouTube. They will all oh, okay. be live streamed on YouTube. So remember from August 9th to August 18th, um, I will be playing for Team Nigeria, the women's basketball team. Mm-hmm. And you can just search. You can search on YouTube, um, FIBA Women's Basketball Nigeria, and the links – should c- you they usually come up a day or two ahead of time um basically saying that oh upcoming streaming upcoming that will be streamed is Nigeria versus Senegal in the championship game so yeah. that'll be on YouTube and you guys can catch that and as for social media um i would say Instagram is my favorite app like it's <laughs> it's my favorite 
social media platform. I yeah. was recently fallen, really, 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 really fallen in love with it. Um, you guys can follow me at Pro Life, P R O L I I F E. And um, I do follow back, I am verified. So, <laughs> um, and then on Twitter, um, I don't use my Twitter as much, but it's, if I remember correctly, it's Pro Life 7, P R O L I I F E 7. And that's uh, my number, my jersey number is 7. The number. Completion. P-R-O-L-I-I-F-E, number seven. There it is. All right, now you got some homework. Go listen to If I Was Your Girlfriend by Prince. Get on that. Listeners, y'all do the same. Thank y'all for listening. That is it for episode 38 of the All That Podcast. We out.